Hello, hello. How are you all? I hope you've had a great first week back after half term. It's definitely been a typical burst back into school life with loads, loads of activity and hard work and fun and and so many exciting plans being made. We at uh, Heathmount Podcast HQ have been plotting some really awesome interviews and games and features in the weeks to come, so definitely keep subscribing so you don't miss out. Now, as promised, we have another class battle today, an epic match, and this time into the mighty year six. It's very, very closely contended game, that is for sure. But who will be victorious? Now, when we had year five together, we just had, we had two from each class. Well, these guys are bigger, they're older, they're wiser. We only need one from each class today. And I am going to introduce you to our participants in the year six battle today. So going in alphabetical order from 6B, Mr. Brown's class, we have Barney. Hi, Barney. Hello, hello podcast. Hello. hello podcast. Now Barney, it's so lovely to see you. Have you been enjoying your summer term so far? Um, yes, lessons are great. It's just to see your friends again. Yeah, um, I know. It's, a, it's not quite the same seeing them on Zoom, is it? What have been your favourite lessons, Barney? Um, my favourite lessons probably been English because um, every week you get to do uh, a new writing task. Oh, and you've been enjoying your writing test, have you? Yes. Oh, well, you're a fantastic writer. So, oh, fantastic, Barney. It's so great to have you on the podcast. So moving through the alphabet, we have 6i. And from 6i, we have the fabulous Jamie. Oh, I'm just having you, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hello. It's so nice to see your smiling face. Now, Jamie, you're at school at the moment, aren't you? Yeah. How, how has it been being back at school? It's been a bit weird having to be social distance at all times, but I'm getting to grips with it now. Getting to grips with it. And has it been nice seeing all your friends? Yeah. It's been very it has. Good. Wearing, no having to wear a school uniform? Yes, that's been quite <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's so great to see you, Jamie. Now, we're going to keep, thanks for playing today. We're going to keep rocking through the alphabet and we are going to JB, Miss Broom and Miss Jones's class. And we have Daniel. Hi, Dan. Hello. Hello, Daniel. You're sitting there in a very nice armchair. Um, it's so great to see you in the summer term. I've missed teaching you drama, Daniel. We have a good time in our drama lessons, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we do. What have you been getting up to in your homeschooling season? Um, well, the weather's been nice. We've been going outside a lot, bicycle riding, tennis, playing, that kind of thing. We've got a new water slide, like a little inflatable one for our swimming pool. That's been really good. Wow, we It sounds like you're having a best time. Your house sounds like Disneyland or Centre Parks. Sounds brilliant. <laughs> well, thank you for playing today. I know that you're going to take this incredibly seriously. And going to our last but no means least class, it is 6 W, Mr. Woodwork's class, and we have Ellie. Hi, Ellie. Hello. Hello. 
Now, Ellie, I know that you are a big fan of the podcast. I know that you listen every single episode. Um, and we always ask some questions, Ellie, on the podcast. And they are, what are you feeling thankful for? And what are you feeling inspired by? Have you got any top answers to any of those podcast questions? Well, I'm feeling thankful for the good weather because we've been able to get outside a lot and walk our dog. You have walked your dog, haven't you? You spent a lot of time in your lovely garden. And you've got so many beautiful walks around there. I bet your dog's a bit tired after all those walks. Not really. <laughs> He's always up for it. Always up for it. Brilliant. Right then, year six. Now that we have had a little chat with you all, we're going to dive straight in to round number one. Now... Some of you have been in Miss Strickland's class in the past and they were actually the winners of year five quiz. And let's see which one of you, Ellie is punching the air there, Miss Strickland's old <laughs> alumni. Um, let's see which one of you is gonna do the best. So the first round is this. We're gonna go in alphabetical order. So um, Barney, you're gonna be up first. This round is called, Where Am I? Barney, are you ready? Yes. Okay, this is it, are you ready? Where am I? This is in Heathmount. I am often the first place you go at the start of the week and the last place you go at the end of your week. I can sometimes be a little messy at times and there are often lots of single socks and shoes to be found. Where am I? Um... I think it's either the lockers or the garages. Oh, um, which one? Is it the lockers or is it the garages? Where are you going to go for? the last place you go. So I'm guessing it's pickups. So I'm going to go with the garages. Oh, buddy, you're absolutely right. Well yeah. done. Two points to you. You kept it in your class. Good start. Okay, next. Here we go. 6JB. Dan, you're up. You ready? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Where am I? I am bursting with items from stories that have been told at Heathmount over the years. There are no windows here and you can find me at the end of a very long corridor. Where am I? Ooh, I'm trying to think where there's no windows. No windows, the end of a long corridor, and it's bursting with items from stories that have been told over the years at Heathmount. Where do you think that is, Daniel? I'm still thinking. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a clue. On this particular corridor, there are three rooms altogether. I want to say it's the DT corridor. Okay. But first. I don't think that's right. Okay, we're going to have to pass. Good effort. That one was a tricky one. Wait, I think I know oh. it. Yep. I think it might be the, uh, the chemistry biology corridor. Bursting with stories that have been told at Heathmount. No, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, it was a hard one. Anyone else think that they know? Jamie? Um, I'm going to say, is it in the library? 
it is a very good guess, but there are lots of very beautiful windows in the library. I'm going to tell you where it is. I was talking about a place very close to my heart, the costume cupboard, bursting with items from stories told many years oh. over the years. No windows. And down at the end of that corridor, the lower school. Right, don't worry, Daniel. Nobody got the points there. Okay, here we go. Number three, Jamie, this is up to you. Where am I? Oh, there's an echo. This is the place where if you are little, you are allowed to have mud in the kitchen. And there is even sometimes where you can sit around playing, uh, listening to stories and there you might be surrounded by smoke. Where am I? Are you in the the forest where the um, forest school happens? In the you, are, you are in the forest school. Well done. You've got mud in the kitchen, of course, in the yeah. mud kitchen. And sometimes there's that beautiful little bonfire there, aren't you? And if you're sometimes there is a, some safe bonfires that go on. Okay, Ellie. Over to you. Number four. Where am I? You can run, cycle, and even row here. And this place is mostly hidden behind a curtain. And you're only allowed here by yourself if you are in the upper school. Where am I? Any ideas? Yes, you're in the gym above the sports hall. Oh, Ellie, well done, of course, because it's full of bikes and running machines and there's even a rowing machine and there's that big curtain that goes across the top. Well done to you. Very, very good first round, everybody. Are you ready for round number two? Yes. Yes, you are. Yes. You are. yes. Very good, very good, very good. So this round, all of you are going to need to give me an answer here. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you who is right until the very end. And more than one of you can be right. Let's go. This is all about Heathmount. Question number one. How many pupils do you think there are in year six? How many pupils do you think there are in year six? Now, I'm going to go backwards this time. So I'm going to ask Ellie first. How many do you think? 58. 58 from Ellie. What about Jamie? What do you think? I think there's 56. 56. Interesting. What about you, Dan? I'm going to say 54. 54. Okay. All around the same. You can say the same as someone else as well. It's no problem. And Barney, what about you? I would say 57. 57. So we've all got different answers. Well, I can tell you that in year six is 50 something pupils and that 50 something is 50 for two points 54 54 yes! daniel you are right every class has currently got two points this is going to be the best quiz ever beginner's luck next question how many classrooms that includes labs studios and DT rooms are there in the basement? 
right, I'm going to come around and ask you this time. I'm going to ask Barney first. How many do you think, buddy? I think there are seven. Seven. Ellie? I got ten. Ten from Ellie. Jamie? I also got ten. Ten. And Daniel? Nine. There are two science labs there. Five art studios. We then have another science lab. So that is bringing us up to eight. And then how many DT rooms do we have? Three. One, three. One two, three. three. So that is a grand total of how many rooms? Eleven. Good effort, guys. You were very close. The art department did say that there is quite a small studio yeah. that takes up their fifth room. So oh, I not everyone's the in there all the time, but technically there are eleven. I forgot the textiles room. That's okay. Oh. That's okay. Good effort, team. Last question on the Heathmount round. Are you ready? Still, the scores are even. When did Heathmount first? open its doors when did Heathmount become a school what year now the the points will go to the person who is closest so i'm going to ask every one of you right daniel you're going to explode over there what do you think i think it's 1805 1805 i'm writing all these down barney i think it is 1856 1856 from barney thank you very much Yay. ellie i think it's 1818 and Jamie? I also think it's 1818. What are the reasons for thinking it's 1818? Because I'm pretty sure... There was an anniversary in 2018. There was. What was that an anniversary of? 200 years. Yes. 200 years when it first started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are right. That's... The school, if you remember, now poor Barney wasn't there, but two years ago, we had a big festival and it was celebrating, it was called the Heathmount 200, I think it was called. And it was celebrating 200 years of Heathmount. So very, very, very well done to you. Six yeah. for you and six I have three points, six B, and 6JB have two points. Oh, it's very, very close to who is going to be the winners. Right, round number. Round number three is a drama game. It's one of my favorites. So you're all gonna play against each other. Um, this is a word association. Honey, are you ready? Yes. You guys are gonna be awesome at this. Right, the first word association is Heathmount. Fun. Children. Uniform. Trousers. Shirt. White. Colour. Brown. Black. Red. Blue. Rainbow. Yellow. Pink. Purple. Oh, Barney! Oh, no. oh. <laughs> that was... No. I thought that was going to go on forever! Okay, Barney, I'm sorry to say you did manage to get one point for your team there. This time, I'm going to say a letter, and you have got to only say words beginning with that letter and the letter for this round is s saw spider c sound seesaw song say said sail sing stale oh, ellie ellie hesitated a fraction of a second too long there well done ellie you've got two points for your team come on and the final round between jamie and daniel 
This round has to be an animal. Pig. Donkey. Horse. Elephant. Platypus. Chicken. Cheetah. Blobfish. Giraffe. Whale. Snake. Shark. Beetle. Fish. Oh, Jamie! Jamie, 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 that was one fraction of a hesitation too long. So Jamie and Daniel currently drawing. Oh. Exciting. Oh. We're going into the last round. So this is the 30 second round where you have got to stop, not, you've got to talk non-stop without interrupting, with, sorry, without pausing, without repeating yourself about a certain topic. I'm going to give you that topic. Okay, guys, I'm excited. I'm going to ask the chatty Mr. Barney to go first. Okay, Barney, he's a big smile on his face. Are you ready for your topic? Yes. 30 seconds, non-stop chat, please, about the library. The library is one of my uh, favourite places to go at breaks. There's all sorts of books that you can read there and you make stuff, origami. My friends uh, sometimes make origami and um, Dylan, who's like really good at art, he um, draws loads of cool stuff inspired by the library sometimes. And um, beyond the library windows, there are um, swords. Oh, I didn't want to stop you there almost beyond the library windows. Oh, it sounded so poetic, Barney. Now, Barney, you talked a lot about origami in this library. You didn't talk yeah. a lot about reading or books. <laughs> uh, Barney, that was very impressive indeed. And I know that it's one of your favorite places. I like hanging out with you in there. I miss the library. So Barney, there was a couple of mentions of origami in there. Um, so I'm actually going to give you eight points. Okay. okay, not the full 10, eight points for you, but that was a very, very impressive start. Now, the next person is going to be Ellie. Ellie, are you ready for yeah. your 30 seconds? Now, your 30 seconds is all going to be about Watton at Stone, the village where the school is. Ready? Go. So, in Watson Stone, there is, the village is named after a stone that my dad says comes from the Ice Age. It's by a little white house of the far end of the village. And there's also a pub, which is on the sign. And at the other end of the village, there is some stand thingy with a picture on it, with some like ducks or something, and that pump. And that was erected in 2000 as like a millennium sign thingy. And, um, I live in the village at um, the end closest to <gasps> Ellie, that was the most magnificent history lesson. Thank you so much. I did hear the use of the word thingy a few times, a few thingies in there, but you were very, very knowledgeable at Watonet Stone. Of course, that's where you live, near really close to the school. So because we had a few thingies in there, um, but you were incredibly knowledgeable. I'm going to give you nine points. Nine very, very good points. Well done, Ellie, and well done, 6W. Right, we have Jamie. Jamie, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Okay, come on. <clears throat> Jamie, you're 30 seconds. Okay, come on. Heathmount Sport. 
See, Heathmount Sport is my favourite part about Heathmount, in my opinion. I think the sports staff are just impeccable, and I think the sports opportunities that we get is just the best I've ever seen that, as I came from a school that just didn't do much sport at all. Um, I think the best part about our sport is the football and the swimming. I think the swimming, um, the swimming pool is great. And well, I think the sports staff will so enjoy being called impeccable. What a wonderful, wonderful way to describe them. Jamie, you looked very serious when you were talking about the sport there. Didn't mention a huge amount of sports. Managed to actually get some in right at the end. So we did talk a lot about how you felt about it, which was great. I felt like you were just getting warmed up. So I'm also going to give you, just because we didn't mention a huge amount of sport, I'm going to give you nine points. Nine points. Happy with nine points? Six, JB. Very happy. Nine points, which... Uh, Takes us to our last round. Probably the chattiest boy on this podcast, Daniel. Are you ready for your uh, 30 seconds? I am. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you to talk for 30 seconds about drama. I think drama is probably my favourite subject because it's really fun and gets me really creative. And I think Miss Ferguson is a great teacher because she makes all the lessons really interesting and people don't get bored because sometimes you get bored with it because it, it drags on a bit. But drama doesn't do that. It, it, just, it, it flows. Drama flows like, in, like a lesson, like any lesson doesn't do because it's just, you can get involved more than anything else, more than probably sport, more than probably English. Now, Daniel, it flows, it flows. Well, that was a very lovely little flow that you did there. Um, Didn't mention much about what we did in drama or uh, where we did it or, you know, plays or acting or that sort of thing. But you did mention again about how you felt about it, which is wonderful. And because of that, I'm going to also give you nine points oh you did have that about the word flows in there quite a few times so i'm going to give you a little breakdown of the scores here so who is the winner with 11 points the very fabulous mr brown's class 6B, well done, Barney. Well, give you a round of applause. Oh, you've just muted yourself for a second. Thank well you. Well Barney. Excellent. Thank you. He's very, very gracious. Um, with 14 points. It's a very equally fabulous 6W. Well done, Ellie. Let's give Ellie a round of applause. Woo! Well done, Ellie. Good girl. And then drawing only one point ahead, we have Jamie's class and Daniel's class, Thanks, no. JB and 6i. What do you have to say, you lot? Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> well done, well done, well done. Well, guys, I am so honoured to have you on the podcast today. Do you all want to say goodbye to your podcast listeners? Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for staying Bye. on. And Bye. I'll hopefully see you guys really soon. You're the best. Well done, you six. Bye. 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 
well done to you six very very close indeed great effort all round and now i'm delighted to say that my inbox has been full this week with volunteers from across the school who would like to represent their class in a year group battle there are a few gaps left in a few classes so if you are keen then please please let me know so season three what else is in store we're going to be diving into what has become a bit of a firm favorite of the podcast um, as we explore our story time but this one's a little bit different now I am sure like me you have just loved hearing over the past few weeks that the remarkably talented JK Rowling has written a brand new children's book especially as a treat for the kids in the world during this lockdown season how amazing the book it's got nothing to do with much loved harry potter and this book is a story that she wrote for her own children growing up and it's one that she has with the help of her kids decided to share with the world it's called the ichabog And she is at the moment releasing about two or three new chapters every week. Um, Now, as if that wasn't exciting enough, she has also said that she plans to publish the finished book later on in the year. And all the proceeds will be given to global charities to help those in need during the season of COVID-19. And believe it or not, there is even more that is exciting about this. She is asking that you, the talented kids of the world, are the illustrators. She's asking that as every chapter is released, that you read or listen and then draw a picture that that chapter has inspired and then send them in. Now, J.K. Rowling is tweeting so many of these amazing pictures out and, you know, some of them, many of them, will be selected to be published in the final book. Now I've put all the details in the podcast link for those who would like to know more. And I'm just so honoured to have been supported by some of our school's greatest story reading talents who are going to be reading each chapter of this remarkable book over the coming months for us all to enjoy. So let's not wait around any longer. Chapter one of the Ichabog, Mr. Brown. It's over to you. Take it away. Chapter 1. King Fred the Fearless Once upon a time, there was a tiny country called Cornucopia, which had been ruled for centuries by a long line of fair-haired kings. The king at the time of which I write was called King Fred the Fearless. He had announced the fearless bit himself on the morning of his coronation, partly because it sounded nice with Fred, but also because he had once managed to catch and kill a wasp all by himself, if you didn't count five footmen and the boot boy. King Fred the Fearless came to the throne on a huge wave of popularity. He had lovely yellow curls, fine sweeping moustaches, and looked magnificent in the tight breeches, velvet doublets, and ruffled shirts that men who were rich wore at the time. Fred was said to be generous, smiled and waved whenever anyone caught sight of him, and looked awfully handsome in the portraits that were distributed throughout the kingdom to be hung in town halls. 
The people of Cornucopia were most happy with their new king, and many thought he'd end up being even better at the job than his father, Richard the Righteous, whose teeth, though nobody had liked to mention it at the time, were rather crooked. King Fred was secretly relieved to find out how easy it was to rule Cornucopia. In fact, the country seemed to run itself. Nearly everybody had lots of food, the merchants made pots of gold, and Fred's advisor took care of any little problem that arose. All that was left for Fred to do was beam at his subjects whenever he went out in his carriage and go hunting five times a week with his two best friends, Lord Spittleworth and Lord Flapoon. Spittleworth and Flapoon had large estates of their own in the country, but they found it much cheaper and more amusing to live at the palace with the king, eating his food, hunting his stags, and making sure that the king didn't get too fond of any of the beautiful ladies at court. They had no wish to see Fred married, because a queen might spoil all their fun. For a time, Fred had seemed to rather like Lady Islander, who was as dark and beautiful as Fred was fair and handsome. But Spitterworth had persuaded Fred that she was far too serious and bookish for the country to love her as a queen. Fred didn't know that Lord Spitterworth had a grudge against Lady Islander. He'd once asked her to marry him, but she turned him down. Lord Spitterworth was very thin, cunning and clever. His friend Flapoon was ruddy-faced and so enormous that it required six men to heave him onto his massive chestnut horse. Though not as clever as Spitterworth, Flapoon was still far sharper than the king. Both lords were expert at flattery and pretending to be astonished by how good Fred was at everything from riding to tiddlywinks. If Spitterworth had a particular talent, it was persuading the king to do things that suited Spitalworth, and if Flapoon had a gift, it was for convincing the king that nobody on earth was as loyal to the king as his two best friends. Fred thought Spitalworth and Flapoon were jolly good chaps. They urged him to hold fancy parties, elaborate picnics and sumptuous banquets because Cornucopia was famous far beyond its borders for its food. Each of its cities was known for a different kind, and each was very best in the world. The capital of Cornucopia, Chauville, lay in the south of the country and was surrounded by acres of orchards, fields of shimmering golden wheat and emerald green grass on which pure white dairy cows grazed. The cream, flour and fruit produced by the farmers here was then given to the exceptional bakers of Chauville who made pastries. Think, if you please, of the most delicious cake or biscuit you have ever tasted. Well, let me tell you, they'd be downright ashamed to serve that in Chauville. Unless a grown man's eye filled with tears of pleasure as he bit into a Chauville pastry, it was deemed a failure and never made again. The bakery windows of Chauville were piled high with delicacies such as maiden's dreams, fairies' cradles, and, most famous of all, hopes of heaven, which were so exquisitely, painfully delicious that they were saved for special occasions and everybody cried for joy as they ate them. King Porfirio, of neighbouring Pluritania, had already sent King Fred a letter offering him the choice of any of his daughter's hands in marriage in exchange for a lifetime supply of hopes of heaven, but Spitterworth had advised Fred to laugh in the Pluritanian ambassador's face. His daughters are nowhere near pretty enough to exchange for hopes of heaven, sire, said Spitalworth. 
To the north of Showville lay more green fields and clear sparkling rivers where jet black cows and happy pink pigs were raised. These in turn served the twin cities of Kurdsburg and Baronstown, which were separated from each other by an arching bridge, stone bridge over the main river of Cornucopia, the Flumer, where brightly coloured barges bore goods from one end of the kingdom to another. Kurdsburg was famous for its cheeses. Huge white wheels, dense orange cannonballs, big crumbly blue-veined barrels and little baby cream cheeses smoother than velvet. Baron's town was celebrated for its smoked and honey-roasted hams, its sides of bacon, its spicy sausages, its melting beefsteaks and its venison pies. The savoury fumes rising from the chimneys of the red brick Baronstown stoves mingled with the odorous tang wafting from the doorways of the Kurzberg cheesemongers, and for 40 miles all around it was impossible not to salivate breathing in the delicious air. A few hours north of Kurzberg and Baronstown, you came upon acres of vineyards bearing grapes as large as eggs, each of them ripe and sweet and juicy. Journey onwards for the rest of the day, and you reach the granite city of Jerobam, famous for its wines. They said to the Jerobam heir that you could get tipsy simply walking its streets. The best vintages changed hands for thousands upon thousands of gold coins, and the Jerobam wines merchants were some of the richest men in the kingdom. But a little north of Jerobam, a strange thing happened. It was as though the magically rich land of Cornucopia had exhausted itself by producing the best grass, the best fruit and the best wheat in the world. Right at the northern tip came the place known as the marshlands and the only things that grew there were some tasteless rubbery mushrooms and thin dry grass, only good enough to feed a few mangy sheep. The marshlanders who tended the sheep didn't have the sleek, well-rounded, well-dressed appearance of the citizens of Jerobam, Baronstown, Kurzberg or Chauville. They were gaunt and ragged. Their poorly nourished sheep never fetched very good prices, either in Cornucopia or abroad, so very few marshlanders ever got to taste the delights of Cornucopian wine, cheese, beef or pastries. The most common dish in the marshlands was a greasy mutton broth, made of those sheep who were too old to sell. The rest of Cornucopia found the marshlanders an odd bunch, surly, dirty and ill-tempered. They had rough voices with the other Cornucopians imitated, making them sound like hoarse old sheep. Jokes were made about their manners and their simplicity. As far as the rest of Cornucopia was concerned, the only memorable thing that had ever come out of the marshlands was the legend of the Ichabog. Thank you so much, Mr. Brown. Oh, wasn't that great? Plenty more chapters from the Ichabog in the episodes to come, told by Heath Mount's finest. So, I can't believe that another week is over. Time is certainly flying, isn't it? 
Well, we will be back next Wednesday for episode three of this season where, well, I am just so honoured to be talking to a member of East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust who is going to be telling us all about a very special project that our wonderful Heathmount family are going to be doing. I cannot wait for you to hear all about it. So I want you to have a great weekend. Stay safe and I'll see you next week.